welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 6, Episode 2, Carol of the Beldorion. The book, Planet of Twilight, by Barbara Hambly, Chapters 3-4, through four, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Drag me to Taytel. Ugh, uh, my jerk-off motion is one of the endless... I mean, or, you know, you can just cover R2-D2 in flesh. <laughs> and welcome back to Expounded Universe. I'm your beloved host, Jeff, joined as always by the other guy, John. John, how are you? I'm beloved. Yeah, he's also beloved. We're both beloved. Yo, I'm beloved. <laughs> Bees love at him. <laughs> uh, uh, this is the uh, Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast. Yes, indeed. There we it go. is. Got the station identification in. There we go. WNBB, the nibbubba. <laughs> the nibbubba. <laughs> Spinning the hottest jack tracks of whatever we want from the 80s, 90s, and more. The jack tracks? Yeah, jack radio is like a, jack FM is like a whole radio format that's come about in the last like nine or ten years. You know about that, right? Yeah, but that's just, we're just, we play what we want. That's their whole thing. Yeah, the jack tracks rhyme, so they've worked it into their... They're sta- at the Nibibaba, they've, they've worked it into their station identification. What's wrong with that? Cause, because then they would say that they were Jack FM and not Nibibaba. Uh, yeah, they're, they're Nibibaba, the Jack Tracks. <laughs> that seems unlikely. <laughs> Are you saying I'm my- dubious? You're saying my fake radio station seems unlikely. I'm saying hmm. maybe you need to think about your jokes a little harder. You're saying future. I should workshop this one a bit? What I'm saying is maybe take it around to a few clubs, do your five. I'm just saying that their station ID tag is WNBB. It's not their fault that it spells Winnibaba. They, they didn't, they're working with what they've got, John. These guys are out of Wichita. They don't have a lot of options. <laughs> Nobody in Wichita has got a lot of options. Uh-huh. That's why they go with Winnibaba, the jacked attack. Jack, jack, <laughs> the jack, jack. Yeah, tra- you can't even do your own fake joke. Only because you've called me out on it. Yeah, that's right. And now first of all, now you're overthinking it. I don't know what, what this fake joke stuff is coming from. That was a real joke. Real fake jokes. I pulled that joke out of the earth. I watered that joke for months. That joke is in season. That joke is ugly. That's ugly jokes. That's never going to market. <laughs> That's okay. We sell it on Facebook. That's right. If you go to uglyjokes.com right mm-hmm. now, you'll get our curated box of ugly jokes. Mm-hmm. They're just as good as the ones you'll find at market. Except they're not funny. <laughs> and for a quarter of the price. <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the I don't the boulevard? Uh, uh, and that's the joke. Parkway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, by the end of the whole thing, the parrot on the man's shoulder doesn't have a whole lot of options. It turns out he got some bad medical advice. And that's the joke. That's the joke. John, we read chapters three and four of uh, Planet of Twilight by Barbara Hambly. Indeed. I... By Hambly Barbara. Uh, I mean, the first two chapters that we got into, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, just to give a little rundown for mm-hmm. anyone who it's been a while sure sure if, if for for example if it's been a while yeah if it's been mm-hmm. yeah if it's been <laughs> it's this, been a this while has been yeah then uh what happened in the first two chapters is everyone on two ships died mm-hmm. probably because of some dude named azim mm-hmm. 
and they kidnapped Leia, and Luke flew off in a B-Wing. And, and Luke spent three pages justifying the B-Wing. Well, the problem I have is, I was willing to give this book the benefit of the, of the doubt in the mm-hmm. first two chapters. I'm like, you're setting things up, you want to establish your villains and your characters. There were things about the first two chapters I liked, yeah. No, I mean, you the the descriptions of the other ship, like everyone slowly dying and them freaking out and trying to contact uh, the other ship and everything. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. You've, you're setting some stuff up. All right. Yeah, and they did a surgical kidnapping with special synth droids, and, and we find out pretty much right away that it's the Death Seed Plague, and R2-D2 and C-3PO escape with the help of a doomed uh, like soldier man. I mean, it's a pretty exciting couple of chapters. Yeah. Now... The one problem I had mm, was... With, with those two chapters. With those two chapters is... I mean, like you were mentioning with Luke having to justify taking a B-Wing for three pages, mm-hmm. there seemed to be a lot of cruft in here. Ah, uh, yes. You're saying that a lot of unnecessary, perhaps, uh, adjectives or spirally sentences that just feel... Just, un- there was a lot of asides. Mm-hmm. It seems like there were just too many digressions, and they didn't get to the point. Yeah, I hate... With a burning passion when things do that. Yeah, whenever something just goes off on some tangent mm-hmm. and you're trying to, say, read, or in the case of, say, an audiobook, listen to something. Yeah, yeah. It's The worst thing you could ever do is listen to a story where they just won't stay on topic and they just keep diverting to, like, I don't know, dumb jokes or uh, personal anecdotes about a time that they got mistaken for Seth Rogen at a Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> Like, oh, man, it's, it's been forever since I've been to a Joe's Crab Shack. That one's gone. I don't know if there's any left. Oh, is it? Is it actually, like, just full-on no more? Like, <laughs> Joe's Crab Shack is gone? I have only I only know the locations of two of them in my head, and I haven't checked on the other one. But the one that we had gone to where I was mistaken for Seth Rogen is is uh, no more. It's it just, is no more. It's an empty building now. Oh, that's a shame. I mean, their prices were ludicrous. It was like... Ludicrous. It was like Red Lobster plus an extra $5. Oh, that's terrible. I won't even eat at Red Lobster. Then again, I don't like seafood. I won't eat at Red Lobster for even the free Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Because they're, they're, they're like, hey, would you like some free Cheddar Bay Biscuits? Nine ninety five at this point at Red Lobster. I mean, what <laughs> I'm saying point. is it's gone too far. What I'm saying is, Red Lobster, you've gone too far, <laughs> and we have to put you down. I'm sorry, Red Lobster. You went too crazy on lobster season. <laughs> That was too much lobster, and uh, we need to kill you. I'm so sorry. Yeah, everyone's real sad about it. We've alerted your family, Olive Garden, <laughs> because you're there and your family. Yeah. All right. Because so- lo- <laughs> Red Lobster was there, mm-hmm. and they were family. That's right. I mean, honestly, though, every Red Lobster I know the location of, I know that there's an Olive Garden in the same parking lot. Yeah, well, it's because uh, they're owned by the same people. Yeah, so it's not a coincidence, and they are family. Yeah. It's okay. Now, anyway, John, you were saying something about digressions and how they're a bad thing in audiobooks. Yeah. So... The first couple chapters weren't that bad at it, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's fine. I mean, the chapters themselves are very long. Yes. I mean, a lot of the first two chapters is Leia remembering shit about being at court. Uh, yeah. And again, I was like, okay, I get it. You, This is the beginning of the book. You've got to establish Leia, even for people who are like, well, obviously, this is my you know 50th book I've read of the Star Wars expanded universe nonsense. Mm-hmm. But you still have to go like, all right, here's Leia. She was a princess. Here's some stuff. Did you know her father, Bail Organa, was an important figure in the court of Palpatine? And that she learned at his feet in the court of Palpatine. Great. Also, like every other book about Leia, we're going to really focus in on her hair for some reason. Hey, well, that was a big thing in the movie.
movies was her hair. Yeah, her lustrous hair, and it's seven or eight really cool different haircuts. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of want one of these artists, or these uh, book authors, to focus in on her taped down boobs. <laughs> really focus in, <laughs> just on really it. get in on that. Like uh, just oh, and, and she remembered how her father taught her how to tape her boobs down in Aldera City. <laughs> so the first couple chapters, not that bad. These two chapters are making me very nervous for the rest of this book because I'm having some serious Crystal Star flashbacks where I read, like, 30 pages and, like, two sentences of action happens. Uh-huh. <sighs> we can pretty much sum up the next two chapters in about uh, a paragraph. Oh, yeah. I uh, could give you a quick summary of both of them that are basically a sentence each. And if I wanted to get into details, maybe a paragraph each. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we start with a blow by blow 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 Why don't we start with blow 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 coming up next on WNBB, the Jack Tracks. Welcome to Elk Piss and the Butt Man on WNBB. Wait, which one of those horrible things am I? You're Elk Piss. Aw, shit, I was hoping to be the Butt Man. I'm the Butt Man. At least we have vaguely similar voices. Oh, yeah. We didn't have the other kind of radio guy here in town. Nope. <laughs> they, they Just two of these. <laughs> Limited selection. <laughs> we got the two gravel guys. We, we should have gone with that. <laughs> the gravel boys would have been better, but, well, Elk Piss and the Butt Man. I'm really, really upset about this name. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, okay, so uh, anyway, we can go by the blow-by-blow, blow, uh, where Leia wakes up, and she's on a divan. I don't... I didn't look it up. I don't know what a what a Davin is, or a Davan. Uh, well, a Davin is... A, is a, Davenport. Oh, he's a low-rent Imperial officer who was pretty good in the, the AT-AT, and then he got buried on Tatooine, and we covered him and his story about the Stormtrooper a long oh, time ago. Oh, we covered him. Davin Felth. Remember it. Davin. Dave and Felt. No, but she's on a divan, which is like a, I think it's one of those couch beds, like a Roman style couch, like the kind of thing that you buy if you got way too much house and you need to hide, hide it with some furniture. So, I mean, is, the, is it different from like a, a chaise lounge? Uh, it's got a back. A chaise lounge has a back. Well, uh, sure. Then it's like, I thought, uh, so, okay, I'm going to be honest. When I hear chaise lounge, I think those things on, uh, that you see at pool decks where you can like ra- raise the one part. No. Okay, that's that's only, the only thing in my head. that co- That's how low class I am, John. <sighs> You're so low class. Mm-hmm. Well, then again, I don't know what a divan is. So, I, I, I mean, I'm do. only middle class. A divan's the kind of thing you see like Audrey Hepburn fainting on. <laughs> does that does that get it? Or Liz Taylor. It's, you know, it's like a couch, but you're supposed to lie down on it. And it's got like that wavy back where one part of the back's higher than the other part of the back. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I don't know. I think that's just a couch. I'm pretty sure that's a special kind of couch for rich people. That's a special kind of couch. When, that would t- when two, two people, people love. love each other. <laughs> there we go. So, but no, she's lying on a divan. Or, or maybe she's lying on divine. I don't know. Yeah, she's lying on a guy named Devon. Mm-hmm. She's lying on Devon. And, hey, uh, Devon. And I believe the first person to come in when she snaps her eyes open is Dazim. I think, well, I think he's the first visitor, but she, before we even get a visitor... I was going to say, yeah. we've got at least five pages of weird, dumb bullshit to get through before anything actually happens. So that means that we have to tell you the story of Greg Lick, 
<laughs> which I think is actually the name of the city where uh, WNBB operates out of. That's right. WNBB coming to you from Greglick, Kansas. <laughs> Greglick, Wisconsin, probably. We've never been outside the stadium. The, the, we the don't studio. know. <laughs> we were born here. We'll die here. Elk piss in the butt. A man. proud lineage of radio gravel guys. <laughs> That's right. We were grown in a pod. <laughs> We were cracked off the cluster and steamed to adulthood. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and now let's go to War of the Roses. <laughs> Coming up next, R.E.M.'s Stand. <laughs> Coming up next, Stephen King's The Stand. Oh, shit. What kind of All radio? of it. We this play is- only audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> At least that one's pretty good. Here we go. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that running joke. I don't know how long I can sustain it. It will crack my throat. Yep. Uh, okay, so, yeah, but at first she ha- <coughs> she's like, wait, I'm paralyzed. Why am I paralyzed? Well, to tell you that story, I'm going to have to tell you this one. This is going to go way back to my days in the rebellion. Deedly doot. Deedly doot. There was a, a little man I like to call Greglick. Greglick, Wisconsin, his name was. And Greglick was a pilot for the rebels. Uh, he was... Good at piloting and daring, but ultimately foolish because he was an addict, a drug addict. An addict of drugs. Yeah, he wasn't allergic to, or, well, he may, may have been allergic to gambling, I don't know, but he wasn't addicted to gambling. <laughs> oh, no, I gambled and I broke out in high. I have a deadly gambling allergy. <laughs> Check my medic alert bracelet. Oh, no, someone give me that EpiPen. I just gambled. <laughs> On any radio station that isn't WNBB. <laughs> Don't even try it. There's only one other in town. <laughs> and it's just static and some guy counting out the numbers three through eight in Russian over and over again. And yet they're still beating us in the ratings. <laughs> I didn't even know we had ratings. I didn't even know people lived here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So so she's remembering this to the tale of Greg Lick. Uh, Greg Lick was an addict of drugs, and and she would uh, she would hang out with him on occasion because he was the pilot of the of the rebel raiding shuttles that she was directed. She was she was like a guerrilla boss at this time. Yeah, like, she, she was, was like the, the gorilla gr- boss of Gotham. Yeah, she was like the gorilla boss of Gotham City at this time. Yeah, um, and and he was like a Monsieur Mala, if you will, if you will. Um, you know, very drug addled and, and in love with a brain and a pedestal. Uh, so, the big thing with Greg Lick is. He wasn't just addicted to a drug. He was addicted to all drugs. He was addicted to every drug. Yeah. He was like the Hunter S. Thompson of Star Wars. Apparently, but also, he was a big, sexy boy. And it's important that we know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was a sexy, big fella. He was a dream daddy. Oh, he was so hot. Mm -hmm. And, man, he would have been anybody's hot little number Mm -hmm. if only he wasn't so pumped full of drugs and he became asexual as most addicts do well that's right he drugged all the fucking out of himself didn't he that the fact that that line is in there it's like oh yes he just no longer had any sort of sexual characteristics for he had drugged himself and i'm like that seems like an odd blanket statement to make he did it on purpose john originally he was a treacherous bisexual (laughs) So treacherous. <laughs> so he 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 used drugs until he no longer craved any type of genital, uh, and, and with the the fear of the of the genital no longer looming in his mind, he was free to experiment with every drug ever. So so on long nights he would tell Leia uh, about the drugs that he enjoyed, and he's like, "Look, if you want 
to to be out there and really getting down and dirty and you want to wake up and get at the world, you got to take glitter stim. And if you, you want to get real sleepy and forget about shit, you got to take fucking whatever the fuck that drug is called. The smoogin. Yeah, he has just it's a like list four of, of them. A drugs. And then at the end, he's like, of course, if you want to get to the point where you're like in a dream and you can't move and it's like you're groggy, but you don't care, there's a drug that's not addictive. Don't worry about that. So if someone drugs you with it in the future, I'm not trying to be portentous or nothing. What I'm saying is there's no reason for the author, I mean, for anyone to worry if they were say, drugged with this, that they would become addicted and have withdrawal, you could just pass over that and not worry As about you know, it. in addition to being asexual and addicted to every drug, even the non-addictive ones, I uh, I worship the author, which is uh, my, my culture's religion that thinks that, a, that a, a person wrote a book that's all of our stories. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, of course, there are some heretics that believe in the death of the author, but... Uh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> now, I'm an, old, I'm an original Orthodox authorian. We think the author never dies. <laughs> We believe in true authorial intent for our lives. <laughs> we worship the author in tents. <laughs> what we have are these tents. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. The reason this one's shaggy is because, again, there are maybe three sentences of content here. So the fact that this drug guy is someone that she knew is just going to be important because, of course, Sweet Blossom is the drug that he mentions that fucks you up and makes you all basically groggy are we sure sweet blossom isn't actually the uh subject of a tom petty song are we sure sweet blossom isn't an actual euphemism for weed i mean <laughs> sweet has, leaf is yeah i don't see uh, that's a, that's even a good song yeah i mean sweet blossom just kind of sounds like a sweet tea and an awesome blossom without an outback uh but anyway yeah, yeah that's their new combo you mm-hmm. can get you can get the sweet blossom give me that outback. sweet blossom we took our awesome blossom and smothered it in powdered sugar <laughs> oh christ <laughs> Served with a raspberry mustard dipping sauce. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. And for dessert, a bucket of ranch. Fuck you. <laughs> Welcome to Outback. I'm Elk Piss, and I highly endorse it here at the WNBB. <laughs> it's all I eat. It's all I'm allowed to eat. It's all that gets delivered through the little hole in the door. <laughs> We've never been outside. <laughs> Man, that is making me call. <laughs> yeah, that's I, just fucking your shit I up, my dude. I might have to switch to the other radio voice. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be Buttman and, and Elk Piss, and Elk Piss is like an NPR guy. <laughs> uh, coming up next on Elk Piss and the Buttman. I'll be like, yes, and uh, after that, and you have to interrupt me with some huge... Uh, after that, you know, of course, uh, one of the students from Berkeley is here today. And she's got her top off! <laughs> Wooga! No, no, she's, she's here to discuss... My uh, dick! <laughs> This is intolerable. Uh, Please pass me another slice of sweet blossom. (laughs) My nerves. Uh, Uh, I'm sorry. So, yeah, she remembers all these drugs he was telling her about. Like, he was like, hey, if you want to, like, if you want to party, you want this one. And if you want to take a typewriter apart in the middle of the night, you need to take fucking horse. (laughs) Of course, it's all Star Wars drugs, though. Yeah, so it's like Choni Law. Yeah. Yeah. The Grim Sith Reaper droid. (laughs) The Um, Grim Sith Reaper droid. (laughs) Was that too many things? Too many things. Okay, well, anyway, Sweet Blossom is the one where if you take a couple of drops of it, it's like you're on a lazy Sunday morning sitting in a comfy chair and, like, Shawshank Redemption comes on. You, you're, <laughs> you're not moving for another hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like that, you know? You get that, that exact vibe. But if you take too much of it, you can't move even if you wanted to. No. It's basically like, depending on the drops you take, with a couple, 
you basically have that I've just woken up grogginess, but mm. it lasts. Uh, with a few more drops, you're like, oh, you're just sort of lethargically lying on a couch, unable to move. Mm-hmm. How but is- you could, and at enough drops, it's basically just full paralysis. How close to home did this drug hit you, John? I mean, basically, this drug is just depression the drug. I was going to say, just... Uh, Until you get to the high dosage where it's night terrors the drug, where you're paralyzed but aware. Oh, God, sleep paralysis. Do not get the audience started. Oh, wait, we can't hear them. Go ahead, Oh, yeah, fuck it. You go yell off your boring sleep paralysis stories. Just call it to WNBB. The phone number only has five digits. Five, 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 five digits. None of the which are five. Please, if you do call in... Someone sent help for me because uh, I've been trapped here since 1975. <laughs> I, the Butt Man, uh, it, it, it's, it's a true name. <laughs> the true name. They know my true name. My name isn't Elk Piss. It's Roger. He won't stop calling me Elk Piss. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 no. He's coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm coming. And I'm coming hard. All right. Sorry. So, yeah. So, after... This multi-page interlude discussing Greg Lick. Uh, she's like, sweet blossom. Because she knows that's what she's been dosed with. Oh, yeah. That's what the whole thing was, was her remembering every drug in Star Wars so she could remember which do- or sp- figure out which one she's been dosed with. Yeah. I I was just looking at the other drugs that he says, and there's one that's like Syntherion Taino Root. I'm like, come on, man. I just this, I found this rang a little false for me because, like, I can't even name all the drugs available in my city. And here she get she, here she is knowing a pilot who can rattle off every drug in Star Wars. <laughs> How co- and he didn't even mention death sticks, not even once. Yeah. Anyway, she's like Blossom. I've been drugged with Sweet Blossom. I want to move, but cannot. And then she has a run-in with Dazim that. I'm not sure how much of this is weird dream nonsense and how much is real, but basically he shows up and is no longer human. Uh, like, well, he basically, basically he's wearing a human suit. Yeah, he's unbuttoned his robe and you can see the parts of him that are bug. Yeah, it's like, ooh, I can see up his sleeve and past the gloves that he's wearing, he's got like purple chitin. You can see where he keeps his armies. <laughs> <laughs> his unknown armies in his <laughs> unknown sleeveys. <laughs> so Dazim apparently at this point has some visible chitin across his chest and wrists. Uh, he and his eyes have switched from brown to colorless. Yeah, they're just like white, I guess. Full white instead of being brown, I guess. So he comes in. She can't move or talk, but he comes in and he kind of, you know, like runs a claw across her cheek or whatever. He's, he's being real creepy and he like touches her forehead and she gets like a weird pain like she had when she was dying on the ship Mm -hmm. uh and (sighs) the problem is we can say that and we're done with that description but that took like three pages in this book to get through (laughs) that's true yeah the whole this whole meeting dizim scene is pretty long yeah but anyway he comes in and he kind of like menaces her but doesn't do anything for a little while and then he leaves and once he's closed the door you can hear uh, I think there, I think there's a little altercation between him and Seti Ashgad at that. No, that's point. like the end of this chapter. Oh, okay, no, I know. I don't think it's the one with Beldorion also there. No, that's talking, another one. I'm talking later. Okay. Well, anyway, then she, I guess she falls asleep again. Yeah. And when she wakes up, it's because she's being visited by uh, a dude with a name that's basically the bad guy from an Asterix comic. Yeah. So Legius, because apparently everyone's gonna have like weird 
like Roman names because mm-hmm. we had Marcopius and we have Legius. Mm-hmm. Do you find something amusing about the name Legius, John? <laughs> he has a wife, you know. <laughs> Legius, go all the way, Epicus. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find something amusing about the name <laughs> Biggus? Biggus? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, incontinentia. Incontinentia buttocks. <laughs> but yeah, Legius, and he has a middle name too. It's like Silvestrius or something. So apparently everyone's got 40K names in this. Oh yeah. This um, guy is definitely a chaplain of some mm, space marine chapter. Legius Serpatius Serpa- Vort or something like that is his name. Yeah. Maybe it's Vork. I don't remember. Meh. It's hard, it, it's hard to care. It's hard to give a shit. So, and he is giving her something to drink when mm-hmm. she's awake and at this point she's at the one to two drop level rather than the full paralysis level yeah, because so she's can... just like i'm so groggy and i don't know what's going on yeah she's at the level where like once again you had a couple of drinks last night and now you're in a recliner it's about 10 30 in the morning on a sunday and the matrix revolutions is on you're like, and you're like oh, oh no i'm not gonna turn this off god can i i want where's the controller no i'm just oh i remember that guy hey what's hey, that guy's name that's the ones who were in the video game you played hey i don't know you punch him you punch you you get him yeah <laughs> it's just one of those movies where you don't want to watch it but damned if you're gonna move and turn it off but by god i will not be asked to same, move same one same thing with any one of the three hobbit movies <laughs> i don't want to watch any of those <laughs> yeah but if it's on and you had a couple of drinks last night and you're in a comfy chair i'm like oh damn it uh, i guess it goes on why is there an elf lady what is what, what is happening this right is- now is that guy using fruit boobs? Are we doing fruit boobs in this movie? What the fuck? Who is this weird druid motherfucker? Is his name Elk Piss? <laughs> yeah, it's just bird crap. Who's that guy? That's is that the cra- butt man? That's bird crap Jones. I, I can tell I'm an expert in the Hobbit movies, and that's bird crap Jones. Bird crap Jones, mm-hmm. the wizard, mm-hmm. the druid. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, Legaeus Sarpatius Vorn is this character's name. Yeah. And she remembers Vorn as a last name somehow. Leia's like, oh, of the family Vorn. But it doesn't go anywhere. And then she's like, I already have water because Dazim was... Yeah, she's like, oh, is, what? what's going on? Is Dazim here? He visited me and he is a real creepy son of a bitch. And Legius is like, oh, Dazim was here? All right, you've had enough of this. Yeah, so he takes that water away because it's probably got sweet blossom in it. And gives her some nice water. He's like, I'm going to give you water. I'm going like, to give you just water. <laughs> good old-fashioned regular water. Now, by the way, we should probably pepper in some of the descriptions of what the planet's like, uh, because that's what the book does. Uh, the, pl- the planet is basically light orange and covered in crystals. Yep. It's a big old crystal star. <laughs> it's got so much... It's weird how we've done a, a variety of books about Star Wars so on so far, and... Despite the fact that crystals did not play a major role in most of the films. Or at all, really. I mean, one of them's got mention of crystals. Rogue One has a thing about how that planet that gets blown up has crystals on it. And yeah, but I'm saying mining crystals things there. that existed when this was written. Yeah, at that point, it was just the three, bo- the three movies. Very little crystal stuff. And yet, there's a long and storied history of crystal stuff being really important in Star Wars expanded novels. I feel like that's just sort of the shorthand of fantasy sci-fi is crystals yeah you can use it for either one it's the it's the interchangeable access rate between fantasy and sci-fi yeah is the is the crystal crystal is the like what is this it's technologically advanced but we want it to still be a fantasy setting 
So, crystals? We put crystals all over everything. So, on this planet, crystals have been used in the architecture because they're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's crystals just jutting out of every mountain. There's just crystal chunks everywhere. So, the place that she's in is some really nice via, uh, but the patio that, that's outside of her window is orange with huge crystal deposits just built into it. So, everything's glittery. Yeah. It's all, the planet of the glitter glitters. And it is important... Probably because she continually mentions it to note that it's dry outside mm-hmm. and that there are like misters that are in rooms mm-hmm. so that you don't get all dried out, I guess. I assume because in addition to there being magic-y fun crystals, there's probably just a lot of salt all over the place, too. Yeah, I I think they mentioned something about it being like very salt Look, there's no, there's, there's no way that crystals are going to go without being something important in this book. So I, I'm pretty sure they're going to be the thing that's making the force all f- fuzzy and shitty. Because <laughs> that's another thing that we notice is when she tries to reach out with the force, it hurts. Does it? Yeah. I don't remember that. It, it gets Luke, too. Using the force kind of gives her, gives her a fuzzy headache. I thought she just had a fuzzy headache. <laughs> Maybe she does. Maybe Matrix Revolutions is on. <laughs> I don't know. But but I'm pretty sure that the, the, the crystals on this planet are going to do something. Eh. They don't just put this many crystals on a planet and not have you, them do something. You don't make a planet full of crystals unless crystals do a thing. These are Chekhov's crystals. Yeah, that's darn right. No crystals hanging over the mantle piece unless you're going to use them. Uh, anyway, yeah, so she's grogged up. She's grogged up real good. She's all groggy and is trying to remember what the fuck is going on. Now, uh, she had a dream that, like... Her kids were grown up, and they all turned into Sith. Mm-hmm. So right. right now she's like, has something where she doesn't want to use the Force. Mm-hmm. So she has a bad dream where she's pr- hanging out in, in like her old home on Aldera. They only mention that. I assume that's the city she's in, Aldera. Yes. Man, imagine if we did that, if the major city on Earth was just Earth with the last two letters removed. It was just ear. Welcome to scenic ear. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean i was trying to think like okay even even if you're talking about like oklahoma and like oklahoma city welcome to scenic oklahoma yeah like there's i can't think of a place that does that and it amuses me that they were like oh yeah we we live on alderaan and this is aldera yeah the major city in the state of new york new yo <laughs> it's new yo <laughs> welcome to new yo <laughs> <laughs> uh i live in california ah yes i live in chicago <laughs> but yeah it's I mean, the other thing is it's what i mean this is a sci-fi staple it means that there's a one world government on alderaan yes that, that you live in aldera the city that's the capital of alderaan yeah uh so anyway yeah so she's in aldera and she goes to meet her father who is still alive in this dream and then she presents to him her children so that he can be proud of her for being a good mother and the children are Sith. They pull out red lightsabers and Anakin fucking cuts Bail Organa in half. Yeah, and then Jason's like, yes, mother, you did this. You gave us the gift that lets us do this. Being Jedi is the gift of power. Yeah, we can do whatever we want because we have Jedi powers. Well, I don't even have a bedtime. <laughs> I don't want any damn vegetables <laughs> he says murdering vegetables with his lightsaber <laughs> there were broccoli there women and children block broccoli and i slaughtered them like animals and vegetables and minerals <laughs> so 
So yeah, she has a bad dream, and now she doesn't want to use the Force. Uh, she spends some time wondering where Luke is. She's like, well, he was coming down to the planet anyway, so he's probably there, but he could be hundreds of thousands of miles away. Who knows I'll where he is? steal a car. Yeah, he could be anywhere on this planet. I know he was going to the city of... Uh, Hueg... 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 Yeah. But who knows where that is, where I am right now. Yeah. But then she starts hearing some commotion down below her balcony. Mm-hmm. Some, her balconium. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's planet Rome. Balconius. <laughs> Balconius minimus. It's only a small guest bedroom. Now, you must go down the hall to the Beveratus Dispensorum. <laughs> so, yeah, she hears some commotion coming from her balcony, and then she uh, kind of gets up and groggily heads over there to see what's going on, and she looks down onto a much larger garden balcony, uh, where a where three people are taking part in a discussion. Yeah, and it's fucking uh, Dazim is there, mm -hmm. as well as Seti Ashgad. Yeah, and our new character, the... Uh, okay, so at this point, we learned that there's a hut down there. Yeah. Uh, that it's the biggest hut that Leia has ever seen. Yep. Uh, the biggest fucking hut walked <laughs> into the bar. It describes this character as being 12 meters long. Which... I don't know if you know how big 12 meters is. Uh, well, a meter is about three feet, three inches, John. So so real fucking big. It's, he's about 39 feet long. Which is too big. Fucking huge. Like, how, how long would you say Jabba was? Maybe 14, 15 feet? Maybe. So this guy's almost easily twice the size of Jabba. But it's, he's described as not slug-like, but more worm-like. As if he never gave up his useful, youthful hutliness. Yeah, because uh, apparently young huts are more like, ooh, I'm an agile, weird worm thing, and I can actually, like, snake around and do stuff. And then when you get older, you just become this sedentary fat worm. Yeah, you become a corpulent, you know, bever uh, mass. Uh, but yeah, this it's guy basically the, the life cycle of Jeff. Yeah, the life cycle <laughs> of the Jeff. I used to be hot, and now I'm completely sedentary. Uh, but... but, yeah, this guy apparently got old without getting, you know, he's, he's basically the Paul Rudd of huts. Yeah, he, he just he just refuses to age, and it's infuriating to everybody. He can yeah, still he, he hosts New Year's Rocking Eve on them Chorios. Yeah, he could still do a Wet Hot American Summer movie, and he wouldn't look any different. <laughs> but this guy is enormous, like Christ. Yeah, he's about thirty nine feet long. Uh, that's that's this guy insane. Is like a bus of hut. Yeah, he's just so much hut. Like there's just so much of him. Uh, but anyway, the three of them are having a discussion about, uh, basically, uh, Seti Ashgad is bitching about the, uh, the cost of the, the big kidnapping he's just pulled off. They're like, fucking three synth droids? Do you know the value of synth droids? That's like a hundred thousand credits each? Do you know what the street value of this mountain is? I mean, there's a lot of crystals in probably every mountain on that planet. So oh, yeah. This is pure crystal. Yeah, it's pure crystal. It's Billy Crystal. <laughs> so, anyway, Seti Ashgad is coming across as kind of a whiny, officious bureaucrat where he's like, he's like, we spent so much money on this operation. Yes, it was carried off perfectly. Yes, we kidnapped Leia. Uh, yes, no one's going to be able to figure out what happened because the synth threads went away. But this cost so much uh, and, you know, Beldorian or Dazim are like, it wasn't even your money. What do you... Some other asshole paid for this. What are you bitching about? And the other asshole they mention is Moff Gatell, uh, a bad guy from the nearby... I think it's Pedusius Chorios, the nearby Imperial-controlled world. Yeah, because here in the 
anti-Meridian or Meridian or wherever the fuck they are in Meridia is mm-hmm. there is a Moff presence, but he apparently is like doesn't want to attack this far in, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's dangerous to come in this deep. Uh, <laughs> Here, take this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but they mention another person who's presumably an Imperial go-between that I think is going to prove to be important later, and I'm just kind of doing the introduction of characters at this point, and they mention a guy named Daimura. Yeah. But yeah, the three of them are just having this long argument about the cost of synth droids and whether or not this is even going to work. But of course, they're, you know, it's one of those nebulous setup discussions where no one ever says what they're talking about. Well, yeah, they're like, oh, well... You know, with the princess god, they'll fight, and then this guy's going to get into a coma, and then they won't be able to name a successor. And I'm like, what the... The, There are a few things that they do drop that are are definitive, are that the thing that killed everybody on the ships was the Death Seed Plague. Yeah, which is weird, given that none of the devices were able to detect anything wrong with anyone. It's weird because I don't even know how people know what the Death Seed Plague is. Because at one point, 3PO, in the first couple chapters, is like, this is 90% reminiscent of the Death Seed Plague. And you're like, all right, well, what what does that mean? That that there's no trace and no detectors pick it up? So wouldn't that make it 100% reminiscent of the Death Seed Plague? (laughs) Or are you leaving that 10% variance for the many other diseases that also leave no traces whatsoever and affect everybody? I don't know, man. I don't know, because... You'd think he would mention it's reminiscent of the Death Seed Plague in that you can't detect it, mm-hmm. but all he says is that the symptoms are reminiscent. Yes. So I'm like, shouldn't shouldn't that be a thing you can detect? Well, they they basically are like, yeah, these pe- we killed them all with the Death Seed Plague. And Leia's like, holy shit, did I just have the Death Seed? Yeah. That's, I thought that was 100% rapid attack fatal, and here I am fine. What the hell happened? Uh, but we still know Dazeem is connected to it somehow. Yeah, and they were like, the only way we could smuggle that on board was in synth droids. Which is pretty clever, actually. Yeah. If you have a dude who's made of meat, but that dude is a droid, so it doesn't matter if he's sick or not. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty clever tactic. I'm, I'm going to give the book the credit. Good job, you that's, did That's it. neat. I like the idea. I mean, you had to invent a new kind of droid to make it work, but still, fine, it's great. Also, it's a droid that they were like, well, we had to also have a droid be there so they could pilot the ship out without being like oh that's gonna kill me sir yeah yeah so that was a pretty cool move um but yeah and then at one point Beldorion's pretty quiet throughout most of this he's kind of just laughing at Seti Ashgad for being a wuss but at one point uh Seti Ashgad kind of needles him where he's like well no what you can't handle this Beldorion no wonder you retired as the leader of this planet and this pisses Beldorion off uh, Beldorion by the way is the giant hut yeah and he's like he's like I did not uh, retreat from power. I chose to retire. Beldorion is, is is powerful. Beldorion of the ruby eyes is all-knowing. And then he floats a glass over to himself because he's a Jedi. Yeah, he's got a, a force-using hut. One, one wonders if he's a Jedi or a Seath. <laughs> one wonders. Yeah. He's, he's one of those two, those famous Star Wars things. Well, from what Leia dreamed i think jedi is the only term that they've got for that yeah sith was not during the expanded universe stuff sith is uh not as well defined as it has been since the clone wars era well yeah because her entire dream was like oh mother we're jedi and that means we're evil Mm -hmm. and like they had red lightsabers but they weren't saying anything about being sith yeah whatever yeah so now she's terrified because Here's this thing. The biggest hut she's ever seen. Looks all super strong anyway. Also a Jedi. Yeah, this big muscle worm can also use the Force. He threw a knife into heaven and he didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, uh, oh, also, we get another little bit of Leia thinking about species, where she's like, oh, a hut. I can already smell his disgusting burps from way up here. Huts are nasty and filthy. But I guess it's not their fault their digestive system is so powerful they could easily eat a bench. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's that's just their biology. It's not that they're gross and disgusting. It's just that's how they process things. Yeah, and then she's like, that's and, and I'm one of the few people who can tolerate it, which is why I'm the Republic diplomat who is often sent out to deal with the stinky species. Yeah, whenever they've got a problem with some of those stinkos, they send me, the best diplomat, and I show up and go, hey, what's up, smell butt? <laughs> I find you filthy. Talk to my dog. <laughs> My dog smells like disgusting wetness. Please talk to him. <laughs> I'm like, come on, book. It's too late in the game for you to to uh, re in our game at least to, to rebrand to rebrand Leia's image. No, you can't anymore. <laughs> she thinks aliens are grody. Uh, uh. So yeah, there you go. That's what's up with Leia. Oh, and also, I guess she she hears voices coming. So she well, goes, I mean, that's going to be in the next chapter. Yeah, but but uh, but also she notices that there's bugs everywhere. Yeah, there's some bugs. There's some weird purple bugs that are hiding in the margins and look super tiny. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be relevant just because we revealed that Dazeem is also a purple bug. I just, I'm putting two and twos and twos together here, John. I, I don't know. So I, I feel like maybe bugs are a thing. Maybe it's bugs and crystals all the way bugs down. Bugs and crystals. Mm -hmm. It's the crystal bug. It's crystals and bugs, just like any really bad Pearl Jam album. <laughs> crystals and bugs. I'm just making Vitalogy references. Uh, good. Yep. So, uh, anyhow, why don't we check in with what Luke is up to? I'm sorry, it's actually Luke. I should... Yeah, I, don't do that. Don't stretch out his name. People will think I'm talking about a different guy. Yeah. So, Luke is flying his boing. His boing. And he's coming down the mountain. <laughs> ah, you can't not reference Pearl Jam either. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's flying his B-wing. John, do you know what the B in B-wing stands for? But man in elk piss. <laughs> For love of God, please, can't you just call me Roger? I'd like to connect <laughs> as humans. Yeah, sure thing, Elpis. Oh, oh. Anyway, coming up next. <laughs> My dick. Oh, God. Uh, anyhow, um, he's flying his B-Wing through the asteroid belt and trying to make his way to Nam Chorios. Yeah. And is <laughs> feeling the power of the Force coming off of this planet. Mm -hmm. He's like, wow, this planet's got a lot of Force on it. Yeah, it's probably all those crystals. Probably pretty heavy in force crystals. So, anyway, no wonder Callisto wanted to come here. Yeah, it's got a weird force presence, and I'm going to go check it out. Now, mm -hmm. let's fly down to the... Oh, God, lasers! So, it turns out that the B-Wing is too big for the laser array. Yeah, they, they're they like, well, time to fire on this motherfucker. I'm kind of hoping at this point that the size of ships is a lie. Oh, I assumed that was from this because he starts saying... Wait a minute. Uh, this isn't like an automated system. Someone is following and shooting at me. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's an automated system, it's not just going to fire in straight lines. It's going to follow you and shoot at you. It's just robots will do it. No, he's like, oh, I can tell. I can tell there's someone piloting that gun. Yeah. So anyway, lasers start shooting at him, and they actually manage to hit him pretty much right away. Yeah. They nail the bottom part of the, the B-Wing thing where that little gun is. <laughs> they, they hit that B-Wing dick. And then they hit the B-Wing in one of its B-Wings. Uh, and then he's, so he's kind of spinning out of control and he goes, yeah, lasers are flying everywhere and his dick's been seared off by lasers. Look, look at that. They're going to blow up the B-Wing. What do you know? Oh, goodness. Is the B-Wing that we had to have three pages of reasoning why he had that instead of his X-Wing going to be destroyed? Who could have immediately called that? Yes. 
So he goes flying towards the planet. Is he t- heading towards Hueg Shul? Who knows? Probably. Probably. That uh, was his heading to begin with, but yeah. now he gets into the uh, the actual planet's atmosphere, and he's trying to dodge these lasers as he goes around, like, Crystal Canyons, mm-hmm. the porn star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Atari game. <laughs> the Atari porn star. Oh, man. I remember that. Her, she, she starred in Custer's Revenge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, she, she did a great job playing eight pixels tied to steak. Eight pixels. Uh, so... Yeah, he goes dodging around these canyons and so on, and everything's just big crystal outcroppings. And eventually, he hits one, and the ship goes spinning in, and we uh, we have to leave him for a little while. Because- yeah, he they it fills up the fucking chamber he's in with like crash foam, mm-hmm. but he basically takes the ball in the middle of the B wing and goes rolling down a crystal hill. Mm-hmm. So at the end of all of it, he's hanging upside down from some straps and a bunch of foam. Yeah. <clears throat> Which I have also done when I was 20 in Ibiza. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. I've definitely been to Ibiza. That's definitely a thing you've done. You're worldly and cultured. Mm-hmm. And rich. Oh, so rich. I spend most of my time in places that, are, that show up only as vacation destinations in your mind. Ibiza, Cozumel. Yeah, places that, I don't know, I've never been to, but I assume is just very pretty people being extremely high. Mm-hmm. Monaco. These are the places I go. These are where I I, I go to to really relax. Yeah, I there's nothing there. more relaxing to me than Ibiza. I summer there. Uh, anyhow, yeah, he's he's hanging upside down in a bunch of foam. He cuts himself loose, reaches for his lightsaber and gets it. Tries to pr- use his droid hand to pry open a closed locker where his gun and food are. I <laughs> I love that he's like ooh this uh this little locker that I put all this like water and food and nonsense and a blaster in uh it's it's jammed shut now i've used the force to lockpick things before but there's no way i could just remove the door with the force goodness that's ridiculous well, well his thought is i would have been able to lockpick it if it was locked but it's not locked it's jammed yeah that's what i'm saying yeah, he's, he's like, like there's no way i can <clears throat> use this to open it because it's just jammed yeah so instead, what he does is he takes his droid hand that he has, and he tries to, like, up its machine strength and use that to open it. And he only manages to get it open just to crack, but uh, he gets his lightsaber out, and that's it. Oh, he gets his uh, water bottle. That's right. He gets a flask of water out as well. Yeah. And, and then he, he would try and get more, but, ooh, some guys are coming. Some Like, some good old boys are coming, apparently, because they must have seen him crashing, and they're just coming out here to kill him right away. Yeah, I... What was he hoping to... I mean... Was he open to land and these guys wouldn't just try and mob up and kill him? What is? Uh, we, we're never given a reason for why these do these folks are coming to kill him or even who they are. Yeah, he assumes <clears throat> that they are some of the uh, Theron cultist fanatics. Yes. Uh, because those are the ones that open fire on the big ships? Yes. So anyway, yeah, he, he gets himself down just in the nick of time, but over, over the ridges he can hear the approaches of a whole bunch of speeders. And his plan is to use the Force to create a dust cloud. Yeah, which, of course, he can't just do. He has to remember a time when he was hanging out with Callista, and Callista told him a story about when Herdmaster, Dejean, uh, taught, her, taught her how to cause dust to come out of rocks. Yeah, and and Jin was like, yo. I uh, shall grant ye three wishes. Uh, yeah, it was like, you have never had a master like me. What up now? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't I don't know who Master Gene is, but come on. Now, whoever gave that guy a name was failing at Star Wars. <laughs> you named him Jin. Yeah, just just the 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 genie. That's they might as well have named him Darth Genie. <laughs> he wasn't a Darth. Well, that, maybe that Master was Master Genie. Maybe that was his enemy then, Darth yeah, Genie. Darth Jafar. Yeah, Darth Jafar, with his uh, with his henchman, the Kawaki and I- Iago monkey. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, he creates a dust fart and escapes under cover of dust. But first he takes a minute to, to describe all of the speeders that are approaching. He's like, man, these guys' speeders are fucking garbage. And he starts, like, listing them by name. He's like, well, there's an XP-38, there's a couple of Arrow spiders, there's a Boxman 5000. <laughs> there's a Power Man 5000. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some corn niblets. <laughs> There's just he just lists them all off. Uh, corn is no place for a mighty warrior. Yeah, he he can't steal a corn niblet. One of them appears to just be the back part of a tractor and the front part of a box glued together. Yeah. Uh but yeah, he escapes and steals a, an XP38. Yeah. Uh and we also get mention of the Tauntaun's more idiotic summer cousin. Oh, that's right, the Cole Paris or something. And it's just a Tauntaun that is like Blue and pink and real stupid. Mm-hmm. So, Even stupider than a Tauntaun. Yeah, so he cuts a few of them loose, and I'm sure that will be an important animal later on when they need to ride that out of something. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that that thing really sounds like the kind of shit that they made up for the MMO. They're like, well, we gave out Tauntauns, what we, but we don't want to waste the model, so make a pink one and call it a, a desert Tauntaun. Yeah, uh, take the fur off and... Just make it pink and blue, and there we go. Yeah, twenty five fifty five. Actually, no, don't put a direct price on it. Just put it in a loot box. <laughs> yeah, just make it in a loot box that costs $5 to get. Mm-hmm. And then when they try to get it, they instead get a bunch of costume pieces or something. Hey, you got a orange boot. Good and, job. And a cartel coin. Yeah, get out of here, you fuck. <laughs> you fuck, man. <laughs> you filthy little fuck, man. You get nothing. So Luke escapes the uh, screaming, gun-toting hillbilly types and makes his way to a nearby planet. I'm sorry. Yeah, nearby planet. He makes his way to nearby planet, the name of the local city. Yeah, now nearby planet, of course, hosts to several bars, one of them being Bones. (laughs) Most of them being Bones. (laughs) Basically all of them being Bones. I can't. That's like the fourth episode in a row, John. How are you doing this? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We're still in the quote. (laughs) The quote won't end. Uh, okay, so uh, anyhow, yeah, he he escapes, has a little drink from his water flask, gets a look around the land, and uh, ends up in some little village, like like hiding out, because apparently everyone around here is pretty aggressive. Yeah, he goes through crystal areas and goes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Leia has discovered she's got her lightsaber. Mm-hmm. That's right. Her cloak has a secret lightsaber pocket in it. She's like, why is my cloak slightly heavier on one side than the other one? That's weird. I didn't have anything in my pocket during the meeting. And then she reaches in there and is like, oh, fuck, that lightsaber. I remember Luke was like, hey, you should practice lightsaber. And I was like, nah. <laughs> so so she's got her lightsaber, which apparently I always thought that she had Vader's old saber, but apparently she has a blue one now. Yeah. So... She's got a saber, and she's still like, oh, but I remember that dream where my kids were evil, and I don't know if I want to use a lightsaber. I'll just tie it to my back. Yeah, she rips a chunk off the inside of her outfit and ties a lightsaber to her back to hide it. Yeah, and she assumes that 
whatever clothes they give her are going to be loose for some reason. Because she's like, oh, yeah, I saw Legius, and he was just wearing, like, loose-fitting, uh, very plain clothing. So I assume, because this is a shitty backwater planet, that any clothes they give me will be very loose-fitting, because you can't worry about trying to fit it to someone. And I go, okay, but if they're not trying to worry about fitting it to you, what makes you think it's not going to be slightly too small, then? I mean, I guess that's true, although... I do kind of associate like the the people that we the way they describe people in this world is like ultra conservative dirt farmers is like wearing a bunch of peasant dresses and like that kind of, I assume she's gonna be dressed up like uh someone's gonna be calling her Goody Leia at this Exactly. Point. That's what I'm that's that's where I'm picturing. Yeah, you, you we're going to the crucible here. The kind of outfit that features a pinafore. Yeah. She's gonna have to talk to a prester at some point. Yeah, exactly. That's so I'm I'm figuring that there's plenty of places to hide a lightsaber in one of those things. Also a good spot for a scarlet letter to go. <laughs> Great spot, actually. Yeah, built right in. <laughs> so she finds that and goes to hide it because she's like, ooh, I can't I can't have anyone finding out that I got this lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But then Ooh, she starts hearing some stuff outside her door. Yeah, she's she's privy to a secret conversation between Seti Ashgad and Dazim. And Ashgad is like, Dazim, you piece of shit. I have heard from Legius that you were visiting Leia. Will you cut the creepy shit out? And he's like, we shall see. Ugh, Dazim is just like, but she's a Jedi. I'm controlling her for you he's like look we got drugs for that okay my dude just chill the fuck out yeah so apparently at this point we pretty much know that disease is some kind of disease guy like he's got disease power yeah and i assume he's got something where he eats force power is my assumption because mm-hmm. the whole thing that wherever we get a description of him is when he like goes to take his glove off and like touch leia he seems like, ooh, he's so euphoric and ecstatic that he's able to do this. And I'm like, okay, you're you're either just a super creeper or you've got some sort of force eat power. Yeah. So you want to hear my way out theory? Okay. I think he is Bugs. <laughs> I, I, think I, I think he's Noogie. Bugs all the way down. I think he's a Noogie Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, think he's, I think he's Bugs. I think he is Bugs. Mm-hmm. So that that's my theory that he is bugs and the bugs are are what control the death seed. <laughs> okay. Maybe I I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that. You don't you don't think that's it? You don't think he's bugs? I do not think he is bugs. <laughs> I think that is too cool for this book. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair. Uh anyway, that yeah, so but Dazim won't commit to anything. No. Dazim's trying to convince him basically that he's like, Come on, let me eat the Jedi and he's like, We can't have her die. Because fucking her brother is still alive, and if she dies, Luke will know, and then that'll fuck up all of our plans. Oh, that's right. Their, their whole thing is we have to keep her basically comatose so that Luke won't figure out where she is. Yeah. If she sends out any pulses of Jedi activity. Like, if if she dies, her brother will find out, and if he lets everyone know that she is dead, then our plan, they have some plan where it's like... They have to put Carlist Riacan into a coma. Yeah, because they're like, okay, so... Leia's position, her, like, next in line is Rhea Can, mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, we're going 
We're going to fucking put this guy into a coma. And once both the person in charge and the replacement they have lined up are out of commission, we assume everyone's just going to do internecine fighting. Yes. And that's what they want for some reason. At this point, it's just question marks profit. Yeah, we don't really know what the full picture is yet, but they want to see Republic infighting, which the easiest way for them to do is to kidnap Leia, keep her comatose, and then also seek out uh, Carlos Rhea Cannon and put him in a coma. Yeah, they're like, look, as long as we've got these love, two people... what are we going to do? <laughs> no, that's now that we've got love. Well, also that. <laughs> uh, yeah, as long as these two people aren't dead, but either in a coma or missing, I feel like they're like, oh, that's going to cause a lot of fighting because instead of being a straight line of secession, you'll have like arguments about whether you should go to someone else or who should go take care of things or whatever. And again, we don't know why, but that's a thing that they want. But yeah, uh, Seti Ashgad is like, look, my dude, you need to cut the shit. And... Dazeem's like, okay, but like, what about after we put that dude in a coma and everything goes through? Yeah, and Seti Ashgad's response is like, we shall see. Yeah. So Leia's freaked out, obviously, because she's like, oh, Seti Ashgad has a weird <laughs> bug dude that wants to kill me. And the only thing stopping that from happening is their plan hasn't gone off yet. Right. All right, John, I think it's time to zero this thing in towards home. Yeah, so the the very last bit of this is we finally check back in with uh, R2 and C-3PO. Yeah, so they're still on a little skip ray trace boat or whatever. <laughs> skip ray trace boat. Uh, uh, that is definitely the hero of some Star Wars novel. Actually, if any, it would be probably be one of those uh, Newt Gunray guys. I'm skip ray trace boat. Yeah. Jedi. Well, the thing is, there, there is a, there is a spaceship in Star Wars called the Skip Ray Blast Boat, uh, <laughs> which I think is what I was trying to say. But they're not. They're on a little escape craft. Yeah. So they're on a little escape craft, and and three PO is busy arranging the dead body of Yeoman Marcopius into a special disease holding box of a box of a jig. It's, it's a freezer. He's which, putting his this dude into a freezer, which I guess is standard issue on escape craft. Well, it's not an escape craft. It's an exploratory vessel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just like my they're ween. Not, they're not on an escape pod or anything. This isn't like, ooh, we shot out at the last second. That's right. So they're yeah. on a, they're on they're on the Orville or whatever and they're 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 an exploratory vessel and they're escaping. Yeah. Uh and, and they uh this dude's dead and the first thing that R two is asking uh three PO is responded to with, Yes, of course I'm going to play the, the service for the departed. because uh, they're gonna play like the They're basically doing the entire uh, like soldier who has died, uh, service. Mm -hmm. Except <laughs> it's three PO, so he's like, and a one, and a two, and I'm gonna do the entire two hour service in seven seconds. Yeah. So of all the people I've known, you've been the most human. <laughs> That's the they gotta do that whole thing really fast. Uh, so they do all that, and then they lock him up in the freezy doodle so that they that it will contain his disease. Yeah, presumably, you would hope. Yeah. Uh, and then they, 3PO is still worried because he doesn't have any idea where they're going. Well, yeah, he's like, oh, this guy might have been dying before he even set in the coordinates. What if we just jump out of hyperspace somewhere random? Mm -hmm. And R2's like, I checked them. We're going to Durin. It's fine. And quit being a little bitch baby. And Come on like, now. Well, I, I, I didn't know you would check them. And if you, if you had mentioned it, that uh, frankly, I'm going to blame you for everything. So don't, so we, uh, quit 
ch- getting in the way of my service. It's disrespectful. Anyway, and God bless you. <laughs> he was a good man, Jim. Uh, okay, so anyway, uh, they, when they're ar- about to arrive at Durin, 3PO's worried again because he's, he thinks they're going to they're gonna come in too close to the port. But then he's like, well, who would set it up close to a port? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a well-known major port, and we need to set in farther away. And, and then he steps into what he calls one of the immobilization zones on the, on the deck. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what that is. I, I guess that's where droids stand because they can't sit down. Well, yeah, they they get the little warning that's like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna come out of hyperspace," and like, "Oh, we should get to a seat, basically." Yeah, but instead of a seat, he goes, he totters over to an immobilization zone, and so does uh, R two actually. Uh, and apparently, there's a lot of them on the bridge. These immobilization zones. Yeah, the bridge of this exploratory vessel. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, then they they arrive at Durin, and oh shit, Durin's Durin's in trouble. Yeah, they jump out of hyperspace, and there is a ship like right in front of them that then explodes and they travel through the debris of. Yes, and there's E-wings everywhere. The new the new super cool cl- slightly too heavy in points value to be a useful member of the rebel faction really. Uh the the replacement for the X-wing. And they're like, "What the fuck? There is a giant space battle. We we were expecting to jump out of hyperspace to some like shipping port." And be like, oh, good. And then they'll just, like, wave us in and it'll be great. But they show up and there is a full-on rebellion happening. Yeah, so 3PO does some checking and then he he says this, which I want to read because it's, uh, uh, oh boy. Uh, It's rebellion, said 3PO shocked. A factional revolt against the Duran Central Planetary Council. The insurgent coalition has repudiated the Planetary Council's agreement with the Republic and is even now attacking the main government centers. Yesterday, it seems, after the Calius and Corbantis left left the base to deal with reports of pirate attacks on Ampliquen. That's too much information. Yeah. It's it's, it's too much. It's too much. None of those things are going to show up again in this book. Oh. This isn't going to be a bunch of shit about Ampliquen. Oh, I don't know about that. This is 400 pages in the most boring book I've had to read so far. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb that in between talking about Luke's crash on a planet and search for his dead ex-girlfriend and Leia being kidnapped, there's going to be long, dumb bullshit about like, oh no, a rebellion. I remember our rebellion, but it's not like this one. Let's talk about politics. Yeah, so... That's what's going on. And the upshot of it is that basically the two droids can't get anyone here at Durin to respond to their their hails. Yeah, because neither one of them is, I guess, willing to even try to land this ship. Mm -hmm. And all they were looking for was someone down there on the, like, port to be like, oh, yeah, we'll, like, remotely bring you in. Or, you know, send up a ship and dock and have a pilot land your ship or something. Something like that. Any one of those things. Uh, but instead, what happens is they can't get a hold of anybody, so they just keep going the way they were going when they came out of hyperspace. Yeah, and they're basically just going to, like, fly past the space station. I don't... But the fact that, that C-3PO has hands with fingers on them... And he is unwilling to even attempt to steer? And R2 is, an, you know, a, a basically a pilot droid. He's like a pilot's buddy. Yeah, the 3PO being unwilling, I'm like, I'm almost okay with that because he's a little whinging bastard and doesn't want to go against like, oh, I don't know how to do this, so I won't. But R2-D2 would just be like, fuck off. I'm going to go 
like USB fuck this plane into the port. Yeah, R2 could definitely do this by himself. And even if there was some reason he couldn't, like this thing's only compatible with lightning ports or something. Uh, it's oh, it's too fancy. It's a Macintosh airplane. Yeah, uh, or space plane. Uh, you'd think he'd at least browbeat three PO into doing it. Yeah. But no, they just sort of go... Resign oh, no. themselves to their doom. I guess we're just going to float off into the distance. Uh-huh, and that's what happens with 3PO frantically yelling into the radio, Help, help, won't anyone please come and help us? I've got hands and fingers, and I'm unwilling to even try. I won't even do anything. I've got a little bit of a headache, so, you know, maybe maybe next week. Ooh, why don't you move around a little? <laughs> I mean, I don't... This is a weird thing for the two of them. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's a weird setup to me. Mm -hmm. Also, we've gotten four chapters into this now. I know. The book, back of the book makes a promise. And it says that we're going to get Han and Chewie at some point, and uh, yet... Not just Han and Chewie. It's going to be a Han and Lando thing. Yeah. And yet, nothing. Four we're, chapters and nothing. We are over 70 pages in and not even a brief reference to them. Yeah, the back of the book promises that worst of all, as Han, Chewie, and Lando leave Coruscant on a desperate rescue mission. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe they're going to come here. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is going to all be one story. Well, I was going to say I assume that that's going to be eventually fucking three PO and R two get dragged in and send a message that hey, she's been kidnapped. Although at that point, why would only Han, Lando, and Chewie come instead of the entire New Republic? Who's like? Oh, this bullshit backwater planet kidnapped uh, one of our main diplomats and also murdered everyone on two of our ships? It's going to be one of those Star Trek reasons. Like, some admiral's going to be like, you can't go over there. The Empire's too close to there, and that planet doesn't want us on it anyway. We have to maintain We have to maintain the Prime Directive. And then Han will be like, nuts to your Prime Directive. I'm taking the Falcon. <laughs> I like adventure. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take my friend and my dog. <laughs> And then Lando's Lando's the like, why don't you call me a dog? <laughs> why would you do that? I'm a Lando. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so uh, so there you have it. Uh, that's that's definitely missing still. Yep. So we still haven't gotten to that. But, you know, hopefully soon. Oh, yeah. Hope springs eternal. Yeah. Hopefully with some time in the first hundred pages, we'll get something about them. <laughs> so, uh, but but first we have to find out about the, what, the Durin Central Planetary Insurgency Rebellion. Good. Pirate raid, Ampliquen, blabity blabity. Good. Great. Uh, so there you have it. That's that's the exciting, thrilling adventure of chapters three and four of Star Wars: Planet of Twilight. Yes, indeedy. Well, now, if you've liked us talking about Star Wars and you want to hear us talk about Star Wars a little bit more, we've got bonus content. We've got so much bonus content, John. Too much bonus content, and it's available for far too low of a price. That's right. For only $2 on Patreon.com slash System Mastery. About four bucks a month on average. Usually it's about four bucks a month. Yep. You will get so much goddamn content. Wait. Weekly content. Sometimes two contents a week. Sometimes three. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, because if we get... If we count the System Mastery and the Afterthought. Well, if we shit. get the Afterthought yeah. and System Mastery and Star Wars on the same week, ooh, baby... That's a whole lot of work we got to do. You, I'll tell you this. On average, per month, and by on average, I just mean that, the, that twice a year, it's even busier. But ten months out of the year, we do seven bonus episodes. That's right. And you can get in on that. Two dollars gets you the bonus content for this. For five, you get bumped up to the 
premium sex haver level, you're no longer on the quivering heap. I mean, anyone who gives us any money at all is not at the quivering heap level. That's that's. Let's be clear. If you give us even a single two dollars, you are you are no longer a brebisham heap. No, I mean you're all the way up to a Zeph level at that point. At that point, we may as well even upgrade you to friendly dog. Yeah, at that point, you're a friendly dog. <laughs> who doesn't want to be a nice friendly dog? You're a friendly only- dog that looks after our children while mm-hmm. we do grown up things. Yep, for only two dollars. And uh, if you go to patreon.com slash system mastery, you can get that there. We are about to record that right now. Mm-hmm. So anyone who is already on board, get ready for more of that. Hell yeah, my friend. Uh, so we'll see you in just a little bit with yet more content. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. I've been Elan Sleaze Bagiano, and I'm bored. <laughs> and I love Glitter Stim and also Sweet Blossom. Not Death Sticks, though. No one knows what those are. I'm Greg Lick, and I love Death Sticks. <laughs> Presumably. Probably. I mean, he was into whatever. He was definitely into Lick. <laughs> I mean, it's in his name. Mm-hmm.